Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with Kimberly and Ricky from CrossFit Tolafide in Clarksville, Tennessee. What's up, guys? How are we today? Hey, we're good. Hey, we're good. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. All right. So let's waste no time here getting into the details. How did you get started? What is it that made you guys want to own your own gym? You started it. So, <laughs> so uh, just being in the military um, and seeing how much the physical fitness side of things kind of reduces the stress in um, contingency environments and stuff like that. Um, always kind of drew, it was always like drawn to CrossFit. Like we started in Texas in a, in a gym called Headstrong CrossFit, um, and just fell in love with the owner, how he ran his gym, um, the low key, you know, word of mouth kind of thing. Um, we had an opportunity to buy a gym or partner with a gym in Texas. Uh, so we jumped on it first bit, uh, first chance we got. And then from there, um, military moved us from San Antonio, Texas to Clarksville, Tennessee, so we ended up parting ways with our previous partner um, and then got out from underneath that gym uh, and then ran and coached for a while, just became athletes. So it was kind of nice just to walk in and get a workout in and then like leave and not have to worry about cleaning bathrooms or picking up trash. And, yes. Uh, so that was kind of nice. <laughs> but then we, we quickly realized that we missed the coaching aspect and then we coached for a little while um, and then it became, hey, we need a manager. <laughs> and then it's like, hey, we need a head coach. And then before you know it, two or three years in, we're, we're running the facility for the current owners. And once they decided this time for them to step away and move on to different things in their life, um, they presented it to us. And we were like, yeah, I think we can do this. I mean, I'm active duty military, so it, it's really her. She, she is the gym mm-hmm. affiliate owner and manager day-to-day operations. I'm really just there to, to provide support. Um, she supported me through all of my career so far, 12 years in the military and constant change and constant moves. So this is something that she wants to do. And um, as a family, we're backing her just the same as she's backed me during my, that's about it. Awesome. That's awesome. Thank you for your service, first of all. Well, appreciate the support. Absolutely. And so something that kind of ended up just happening, kind of falling in your laps almost, um, yeah. being involved within the gym and then them kind of just offering for you to take it over. So that's cool. Now, as far as um, the business model, so CrossFit typically group oriented, are we doing um, personal training sessions, any semi-privates, are we just groups? How does the business model all work? How's that all structured? So right now, our main business model is the group training. Uh, We have, you know, um, five classes a day uh, with some open gym hours kind of mixed in there. Um, We give the members and the athletes opportunities to sign up for personal training if they need, you know, if they have additional goals that they feel um, they're not, they're needing more time than just their hour in the day that they, um, they give us. But um, so, yeah, so just mainly focusing on group training right now. Um, and okay. I think it's, um, it's what the majority of the members kind of in our, in our community are, are wanting at the moment. So we're just giving that to them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we offer the kids programs, uh, kids, preteens and teens programs, all group environments, and then our weightlifting program as well. Same group environment. 
Um, we've extended our services to the military for the army fitness test since they've changed theirs recently. So we do platoon and mm -hmm. company level like um, instruction, um, I guess more than anything. So big groups, I mean, 30, 30 plus people per group. Awesome. Okay. And then within the facility itself, how many members are you currently serving? So, so current members in Wattify right now um, is two is two hundred, but paying members because some of those are parents that are dormant that don't have any membership. So we're probably looking at about hundred and seventy paying members across all okay. of our programs. So not one CrossFit style program. Got it. Okay. And as far as growth goes, are we looking to grow those numbers? Are we kind of good where we are? What is that looking like? Um, I think right now we're kind of just focusing on quality over quantity. Um, because we are a big military town, we have a lot of people coming and going. Um, mm -hmm. So we kind of have that revolving door, which is different from a lot of other cross gyms that have the same members for you know four or five years at a time yep you're good now your video cut out and your sound cut out so <laughs> <laughs> you're good now um so yeah if you want to just pick up kind of um just kind of start that piece over we can always cut it and kind of piece okay. it all together um so yes okay. so the last question was based on growth so yeah, kind of what so um, our focus right now is um, quality over quantity um, because we live in a big army town. We have a lot of people coming and going, um, which is different from the typical CrossFit gyms where they see their members for four or five years um, and they have that history with them. We get new people in our door every day. So we have a chance to show everybody every single day, you know, what we have to offer. Um, so that's kind of at the forefront of our business is just making sure we're offering a quality service. Um, and I mean, so far it seemed to work because we have people coming in. Like I said, every week we have new members showing up. They're hearing about us from, you know, word of mouth, which is great, especially in a town like this. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's working well for us, um, by focusing on quality, we're getting that quantity as well. Okay. And now are you offering any other services within the facility to the clients that you have? Because there are multiple ways to grow a business. It doesn't always have to be, you know, getting more clients. So we can get more clients. We can get our clients that we have to pay more and we can keep them longer in this sense. Opportunity there is probably more so for you guys on offering other levels of service within the facility for the clients that are there at the current time to uh, provide a higher level of service, but then also charge more. So are there any other levels of service that they can kind of ascend into, whether that be nutrition, accountability, anything of that nature? Yeah, absolutely. So we offer, um, or we were gonna start offering uh, nutrition. Um, we were kind of bouncing ideas off as far as, far as if we were gonna offer it um, as um, like quarterly clinics, um, or if it was something that we were going to have someone on staff available to help members on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis for um, specific nutrition plans, um, things like that. We kind of have a couple of, of ideas uh, on how we want to um, move forward with, with something that we want to be sustainable. We don't just want to throw something out there, see if it works, and toss it to the side um, and kind of waste, you know, 
time and resources, um, we like to kind of plan a little bit more. It takes a lot longer to, you know, launch something, but that way we've kind of thought things through um, and we kind of find a plan that is sustainable that we can kind of continue um, to offer at the gym for, for a longer period of time. Okay. All right. And now, um, is that going to be something that, you know, are you, are you looking to lay it out in a way that is like a 12 week program, like a 12 week nutrition program or something like that? Or are you looking to add it on to the membership itself? How are you planning on structuring that piece of that? Or is that still kind of just in the works? Um, yeah, so I'm, our philosophy when it comes to nutrition is more of like building healthy habits that they can continue on for the rest of their lives, not just something that they can do for eight weeks and then hope it sticks and then goodbye, we'll see you later, catch us at the next kind of um, event or um, challenge, if you say that that we're hosting. So um, our goal was would to be to kind of offer it as a service while they are members with us to kind of, um, you know, help them with accountability, help them with learning how to make small steps at first. Um, so it's, it, like I said, becomes something that they don't have to think about anymore. It's just now part of their daily lives. Um, more so life changing habits um, than just eight to 12 week challenges. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and now as far as the marketing piece goes, getting the word out there about what it is that you guys are doing at the studio uh, or at the location that you're at. What are you doing for advertising? What are the offers that you're running? How are you letting people know that you're there and letting people know what you're doing? So for us right now, we're using a lot of the social media platforms like uh, Facebook. We're still learning those things. We reach out to mm -hmm. Uplaunch, the company out there that's kind of teaching us how to um, create ads especially like targeting different demographics and things of that nature. Um, we're also in the process of building some testimonials as well so that we can update our website. Um, the gym had gone through previous owners before us. Um, so it was kind of every time it changed leadership, it was in a different direction. So we've prioritized some things because of um, my day job and stuff and me leaving the local area. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're still in the process of kind of cleaning up some of the processes and establishing our um, rhythm to things in our yearly calendar right. um, to include challenges and nutrition talks and clinics and all, all of those good things. Um, the social media piece uh, is something completely new to us as far as like advertising goes. So we're using the Facebook ads mainly, um, Instagram ads, um, but. And then in-house through our own. Yeah. Um, we have referral programs. Yeah. Well, like our coaches, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, help spread the word in-house. Um, we use Wattify. So they had like the little announcement. So at the top of their app and at the top of the daily workouts, they see anything that we want to kind of get out to them to reach out. Um, and we also have a Facebook group um, for all of our members that coaches interact with the athletes. They can ask questions. Um, and then we also post all of our upcoming events or things that we want to start um, offering, we'll, we'll put that in there as well. I definitely think that the marketing aspect is something um, that we don't do very well at uh, yet, just mm -hmm. because we're, we're just not knowledgeable in that, mm -hmm. in that space yet. Um, but we're aiming to get there for sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. There is a lot to that, right? Especially when you're talking about running paid advertising on Facebook, Instagram, Google, you know, making sure that those things are targeted properly, making sure that the copy is on point, the ads that you're running are actually converting. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes into that and making sure that everything is set up properly and that, you know, your funnels aren't broken and there's just a lot to learn there, but yeah. definitely one of the most important skills that you can learn as business owners, because that allows you to feed the business whenever you need to, right? Cause we cut, I can't talk today because when you're talking about, uh, referrals, word of mouth, uh, things of that nature. Those are fantastic. We love those because those people add to the community. They're already um, basically bought in. You know, it's like they come in, they're mm -hmm. ready to sign up essentially. Um, but the only thing with that is it's not trackable and therefore it's not reliable. So on a monthly basis, it's not like we can rely on the fact that we're going to 100% see 10 new people come in off of referrals. Whereas right. on the paid advertising side, you can get it down to a science where it's like, okay, if I spend X amount of dollars on advertising, I can expect to see X amount of people walk in the door. And then when we're talking about growth and kind of planning, it makes things a lot easier. Um, mm -hmm. So that's the nice side, but a good balance of both. I always say I like to have multiple poles in the water as far as that stuff goes, because, you know, one thing drops a little bit and then there's something else to kind of carry the weight there. So right. always good to have balance there. Um, now, as far as your memberships go and how you structure memberships, are you doing monthly memberships, class packages? How do you lay the structure out for memberships? Yeah, so right now we're just on a month to month basis um, because of the, the fact that we're, we host a lot of active duty members. So they go off for training or they go off for you know deployments or whatever it may be, they're in and out. Um, we like to, I mean, we see the most, most of them consistently, um, but there are quite a few that you know, they'll be here, we'll see them for three weeks and then they'll be gone for like two. Um, so trying to lock them into some form of contract or some form of like um, monthly uh, or not monthly, but multiple month uh, contract, things like that. Um, we, it's, it's just, it doesn't really work for us very well. So by offering a month to month, it's kind of, you know, more stress, I think on us because it's hard to kind of plan and see, you know, steady numbers that way. Um, but that's just kind of how our community community is. We've we've talked about doing maybe some kind of contract um, for those who who actually live here and they don't they don't plan on moving. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But it's just kind of been we haven't really followed through with with anything like that yet. Yeah. So we offer a military discount for our stuff. So we offer a uh, 12 times a month, which is three times a week, because we feel like you need to be in the gym at least three times a week for the for the programming to actually work. Um, and mm -hmm. then we offer unlimited for the military rate. We offer uh, a discount on that because everything's month to month. Um, the current residents in the Clarksville area that are just like lifers, they've always been here. They have a civilian job here or something like that. Uh, that's what she's talking about as far as offering contracts for them. So it's, it's some type of discount for being loyal to our gym. Uh, the month to month makes it hard for sustainability to like project growth, to project um, equipment 
you know, new, new equipment or repairs or anything that, or even coaching budget, really, to be honest with you, it's like, uh, are we going to have enough overhead to allow coaches to coach 50% of the classes or less, you know? And so trying to provide that predictability makes month to month contracts hard. Um, but with the military being here, they can get out of everything with orders. So it's like, even if we give it to them and give them a discount for three months, uh, they can cut orders on us and, you know, they can dip out without, no repercussions, which is fine because I'm military too, so I understand right. that side of things. But yeah, absolutely, it, it makes it makes it a kind of challenging. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, I like that you guys are aware of that, and that you say that as far as the month-to-month contracts, that it is hard to track. You know, because so many mm-hmm. people get caught up on the fact of wanting it to be wanting to have that freedom for your members you know to a lot of times people say i don't want people to feel like they're stuck here you know which okay but it's like if they're if you're providing a high level of service they're getting results they're enjoying their time it's not like they're really stuck there you know um in the case of having so many military members i can definitely see where that makes sense but i like the idea of getting the people who are in the area full-time who are committed to the facility being on some type of agreement because like you said otherwise it's really hard to plan because you just don't know what you have coming in on a monthly basis and you just can't rely on it makes it really hard to track makes it really hard to grow like you said if you're looking to purchase equipment or anything like that you can't really plan uh so Mm -hmm. if you can get some of those people on you know some type of commitment where you have a reliable stable income on a monthly basis, then that makes things a lot easier from a business standpoint anyway. Right. All right. And now what are, if there are any, what are some key challenges or bottlenecks that you are facing within the business currently? Uh, I would think retention uh, because of the military around here. And it's not only military. I mean, um, maybe because we don't offer the nutrition side of things just yet. Um, but I think our churn rate right now is anywhere from 25 to 30 people a month. So coming and going. And some of those are military. So we try to capture why they're leaving. And most of them are military. I've got orders. I got op- the training tempo right now in, in the military is kind of high. So constantly gone. Um, so it, it makes it very challenging for us to be like, okay, what are we doing bad that these people are leaving? Like, if it's not military, why right. are they leaving? And most of them is like, oh, work. They just give you this really shallow answer on like why they're leaving. Oh, my work schedule, you know, um, didn't expect my work schedule to change and I'm leaving. And then you try to draw some feedback out of them to make sure that, you know, we're reaching those, um, some of their goals or some of their trigger points, but like, you just can't find it. So I think that's, uh, retention is hard. Um, we have a lot of equipment, so... Um, all the equipment in the gym obviously needs to be maintenance for some reason at the exact same time. So it makes it hard for like timing on maintenance um, and then following quality invested uh, coaching staff, you know? So yes. mm-hmm. I think that's hard, you know, cause everyone, yeah. every owner's probably been in the position where they walk in, they just had a, a different added interest. You can walk in and see something on a place, you go fix it. Mm-hmm. Trying to develop your coaching staff, to have that same intrinsic like feeling like it is very hard it is very hard yes. and it's hard to develop that with a team that's already been established like with us we took on the business and the coaching staff was already there um so trying to 
in a sense, change their vision so they can now match ours has become challenging um, because we don't want to change them. Um, but we also, it's hard to have that conversation. Like if, if, if it's not matching up, it's not matching up because they have been with the gym as a whole for a very long time. Um, right. So coming in and being completely, having a very different vision um, and goals on how to get there um, and standards that we expect from those coaches um, has, mm -hmm. has been quite a challenge for us since, since we took over in October. Um, we started with just, you know, explaining what that vision was, explaining what our standards were and what our expectations were. Um, and it's just slowly been kind of weeding in and out the ones that are, are going to be, you know, with us um, through all of it, because it is, it is a change for, for most of them um, to go right. from, I just want to be here. I just want to coach. It's fun to know this. We need to grow this business. Like this is very important for us. Uh, we want to see growth. We want to see, um, athletes, you know, coming in every day and meeting their goals and not just showing up and like, oh, we'll see, you know, I just want to move today. Like, no, everyone has goals when they walk through our door. We need to make sure that they are being met. Um, so those standards, setting those standards and um, seeing those standards through has been has been one of our, our biggest challenges so far. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is it's hard enough when managing people just in general and then it's hard enough when you have your own fresh staff, you know, never mind a staff that was with somebody else that had different visions and different ways of running things. And it's just, it's super challenging. And I think that that's something that a lot of gym owners face, you know, just trying to find the right people and getting them to care, you know, yes, it's like, nobody absolutely. cares about your business as much as you do. But even if they mm -hmm. could care like 80%, maybe even 70%, like that would be great. Yeah. We'll take um, 70. So we'll take <laughs> yeah. Right. I know it's, it's really hard. It's really hard. And that's not, I mean, the only thing that you can really do is like lead by example, talk about the vision and create as good of an environment as you can for your staff but it's like it's not something that you can teach you know like you said like walking in the gym and seeing something out of place and and fixing it and making sure everything is good to go it's like I mean you can again lead by example but it's not something that you can really teach awareness I guess is the biggest yeah, thing exactly, Absolutely, you know exactly. that's the perfect and, word Yes. And that's something that it's like, you either have it or you don't, you know, just like common sense, <laughs> you either have it or you don't. Right. So, um, I experienced that very often, you know, and it, it gets to a point where it's like, whatever, I'll just do it myself. But then it's like, you end up doing everything, you know, and Absolutely. then you can never leave. You're at the gym all day, every day, and you can never get out. And, you know, it affects your whole life because your whole life becomes the gym. So yes. definitely yeah. really I definitely think that. that's the, the work-life balance, um, going from coaches to managers to like owners again, um, the work-life balance, especially with her having mm -hmm. to deal with me being gone at a moment's notice. Um, she has to raise our two kids and run a gym. So I definitely think that's one thing that we're getting better at planning things and trying to make sure that we set boundaries. This is when we're going to start talking about the gym. This is when we're going to stop talking about the gym. Yes. Uh, no, no talking over meals, like you know, like little, little boundaries yes. inside of our personal relationship. Um, yeah. Kind of helps um, keep us on track, you know, keep yeah. us, keep some sanity.
Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're running the business and like, that's one aspect of your relationship because you're doing it together. But then it's like, it's very easy for that to just take over your personal relationship and every other aspect, you know? So it's definitely good to set up some boundaries there and like I said, not talk about the business over meals. <laughs> yeah. It becomes the subject of every conversation. It does. So, it really does. It does. Yeah. yeah, it really does. All right. So now, what are your main focuses right now in the business? Where are you directing most of your attention for 2022? And are there any specific things that you were looking to accomplish by the end of this year? Uh-huh. Yeah, go ahead. Mainly sustainability. I think the members of this community, our community, our gym, um, have kind of been drugged from owner to owner without a lot of like transparency in the leadership um, changes and our vision. So our goal is to really just um, increase the value of their membership. Right now, they've been paying for a membership. We recently up, up when we took over, we updated our membership prices, which was really hard. We had a lot of people grandfathered in. Mm-hmm. like since 2012 mm-hmm. so when we made the change we're like hey we want everyone paying for the same quality of service and we're providing it it was hard for us because we we're on a tight timeline so it made it really hard for us to sell that the membership was actually going to be worth more value than what you're getting mm-hmm. um, because they're just going off of previous previous owners previous visions previous quality of coaching all of that stuff we asked for the money up front we didn't really have the whole a lot of time because i had a, a departure date um to like build their trust right away and then ask for money. So we just had to ask for the money change right away um, and then say, trust us. Uh, And then now we're, we're showing them that we're paid off. Yeah, it has paid off. It has paid off. It's it's been really good, but then trying to ask for that, like, okay, this is what we're talking about as far as like your membership being worth more value. Like it's more valuable than what we're asking you for. It's way more value than what you're paying. Um, So setting that sustainable, um, expectation for members when they walk in the gym they know they're going to get this they know they're going to get that um, they know they're going to get clinics they know that they're going to get um, community events they know that they're going to get you know what I mean the merchandise is going to be mm-hmm. full the drinks are going to be full the bathrooms are going to be clean like just building that expectation and that that quality of service that Kimberly talked about earlier um, that's like our main focus cleaning up small processes coaches coming into the gym and having that autonomy to like handle a situation themselves because there's a process to fixing these things versus like, I don't know what to do, just contact so-and-so. And then that member turns around and leaves with kind of a poor customer service and, you know, atmosphere. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to help clean that up. Um, and that's kind of like our, our biggest focus from like my side of things, like just trying to help her. Um, I don't, she may have some other, you know, her priorities as far as like what she needs to see. Cause she sees people differently than I do. I'm military minded. So like when it's time to get something done, I'm like, Hey, let's do it this way. I don't have time to right. tell you why or we're going to do it. She comes mm-hmm. in was like, that was a little harsh. And I'm like, cause I forget <laughs> that people have emotions on the other side of like me. You know what I mean? So she balances right. me out very well she like rewards rewrites my text messages and rewrites everything for me so that it's not just like so harsh you know? Super like straightforward. Most, yeah yeah exactly exactly so she does a really good job at bringing that interpersonal um side of things for our for our members so mm-hmm. i appreciate that <laughs> yeah yeah it's a good balance for sure yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. do you have anything that you're um really focusing on no i mean i i think you you said it when we're just 
you know, October was when we built or when we bought um, and became the mm -hmm. new owners. So um, up until now through, you know, for that first year, we want to just really set those processes and those um, just everything. So it's, it's, it's set. Um, our vision is clear um, to not only the members, but more importantly, our staff, you know, we really, we really want to make sure that our staff is, is behind us 100% and we get that solid team to where I'm not having to walk into the gym and it's like, now I have to do everything. Um, but I'm also paying a full team to do what. Um, so I think finishing out this year, this first year for us, um, knowing, you know, setting that, that yearly plan of, okay, every month, this is what's going to be happening. This is what we're going to offer. So we're not scrambling every month. Like, okay, well, what do we want to do for the members this month? Or what do we want to do for events? Right. Like we would mm -hmm. like to have a, a yearly plan set out. Um, so we know, you know, when we need to start marketing for certain things, when we need to start, you know, preparing financially for certain things at the end of the month, things like that. So it's, it's more streamlined and it's more, it's less stressful. Um, right. Yeah. So just okay. setting those processes and planning, um, I think is what, what my focus is going to be on for the, for the rest of this year. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It makes things a little bit easier when you have a plan to follow rather than just, like you said, kind yeah. of winging it. And when are we going to do this? And when are we going to throw that out there? So yeah, absolutely. All right. So now one thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering doing their own thing, going their own way, opening their own gym, uh, what would that be? Or what is one of the biggest things, biggest lessons that you've learned thus far uh, in the process of going through all the way up into ownership? Um, for for me, uh, we'll probably have different visions, right? Because we see things differently. But for me, it would be don't don't do the whole, you know, back back of the bar napkin. I've only have 100 members and they pay $100. This will be it. like, there's so many more um, so many more expenses that pop up. Understand taxes. Um, if you don't understand taxes, just pay somebody. It's a couple hundred dollars every quarter. Pay someone to get your taxes right, get your licensing right. Just make sure that you do everything as legal as possible. Um, the whole sales tax on memberships, if your state requires it, or if your sales tax on like your shirts that everyone wants to buy in a CrossFit gym, um, all those things, just, just be legal and, and um, and then it'll just like rid you of any additional stress. I mean, you're going to have stress being a gym owner no matter what, but I think the financial side of things um, being relieved of like, nope, I'm right. Like I'm doing everything right by the book. Like I don't have time to, um, to worry about those things. So I think seeking professional help, you don't have to be the professional at every single part of your job, um, which right. you have to, you just have to have the, you know, you have to let your ego go and be like, look, I'm going to pay someone to do this because I need it done right. I don't have time to become a professional. I, have a, I, need a, I need that time back to give to my members and for customer service, for, you know, side of things. But that would be my advice. Like, don't rush into it and don't take out loans. Mm -hmm. don't, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think mine is just being patient with the process. Um, I think it gets very easy to get caught up in like, oh, we want to own a gym. Now we have to buy equipment. Now we got to do this and this and this. And then now you, you're in huge debt. You don't have the memberships that are coming in that you expected. Um, so mm -hmm. I think just starting small with a plan, being patient, 
that you know once you know this the small members that you start with start seeing the quality that you're offering it's going to just naturally grow um and just be okay with the natural growth of a business like this because it's i mean we've never owned another business so this is all we've known um but right. to us it's it's very clear that you know what you offer and what, how your coaching staff is and how you know um how knowledgeable they are um speaks way more than just having a nice facility with the nicest equipment um especially right. with the athletes that we have and the members we have especially when you start to talk about like the higher caliber athletes who have been to multiple gyms and they come into yours and they can now compare if you don't have the quality of service or the quality of coaching staff they're going to point that out and right. in this business mm -hmm. like people talk so yeah if, yes. if they think it five other or 10 other people in your gym are now going to think it too because they've expressed their right. opinion so when that mm -hmm. fire starts to grow then that becomes you know the that becomes your gym like oh well yeah they have nice stuff but their coaching staff's not really on par or they don't you know mm -hmm. so it's big on us to develop our coaching staff and to continue to develop their knowledge in the sport um, which is why we want to have such a a tight-knit team and a small enough team or a big enough team that we can financially help them grow whether it be you know continuing education on you know crossfit website with you know things like that or offering them seminars around clarksville if they have you know any kind of business seminars or something that they can grow and learn how this business works as well because it's not just mm -hmm. coaching it's customer service it's being a you know, yes. people person, like there's so many aspects to being a coach that if you're missing one or two, you're missing the whole mark. You have to hit all of them. Um, so developing coaches and, you know, offering that quality, just, you know, be patient and focus on that quality over the quantity. And yeah. I think it'll, I think mm -hmm. it'll help those mm -hmm. who want to start a business like this. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the quality is huge and that feeds into the retention aspect as well, because if you're providing that super high level of service and people are loving it, they're far less likely to leave. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, industry averages three to six months lifetime value of a client. So, you know, if you can really focus on the value and your trainers and making sure that you're providing, um, like you said, education and just higher level trainers, you know, then that it really starts there, you know, and then things kind of build from there. So definitely yeah. a good point there. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? So we are at CrossFit Solified, um, both on Instagram and Facebook. It's just our, our CrossFit name. So yeah, they search us there. Uh, we try to stay as active as we can. We encourage our members, you know, to tag us in videos. And um, so we, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty proud of the activity that our members put, put on our social media pages. It's pretty awesome to watch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That helps too. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Perfect. So Kimberly and Ricky from CrossFit Solified in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you both so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Yeah, yes. Thank you. Absolutely. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. All right. Great. That was good. Lots of good stuff in there. Awesome. Awesome. All right.
Right. Um, so typically it takes about 30 to 45 days or so to piece the content together, get it out there. Once that happens, you'll receive an email with a link to the episode itself. So you can access it directly through there. You can share it, whatever you'd like. Uh, it will air on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. Okay, sweet. All right. right. And then I just wanted to ask you guys, I know you mentioned Uplaunch. I'm not super familiar with Uplaunch. Um, are they marketing like a marketing agency? Yeah. So we've just kind of, we've kind of, uh, we've been invited to a couple of their like free seminars, three classes. And we'll, when we're traveling, uh, we travel often. Um, we just kind of listen to their podcast together and, and take you know, mm -hmm. some of their key points, but it's just like a startup company or really just a marketing thing. They kind of take, you know, walk you to basically hold, hold your hand and walk you through the process of, of building good ads and um, how to track ads, how to read the analysis of them as far as like the conversion rate. Are they actually converting people? How many clicks do you have? Like out of those people who are clicking all that stuff. Like it just, for me, I don't have the time to become a professional at marketing, right? Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, and we're kind of, we're paying for someone to post some of the content for us. Um, but like I said, we're missing that mark altogether. Um, I've just touched base with them a few times on what they could offer a couple hundred dollars a month. Um, but it's not something that's sustainable. It doesn't, for us, it's just like they want to do like a quick intro and they call it good. So I don't know if it's like a month-to-month um, -month, like subscription to where they take care of everything. The gym itself right. has been uh, ran by an IT guy that does everything for free. So the website was free. Like he just doesn't want to get paid for anything. So and like mm -hmm. when we're trying to get so, but for him, he has a day job. He has everything. So for us, it's a priority when we need something changed on the website. For him, it's like the last thing at the end of the day. So trying to right. get, but he's a super nice guy, helps us with everything. Um, but we're, we're eventually going to pull away from that and get a service done. So where we can make real time updates um, and we need a marketing people. We're just not going, I just don't think we have the time uh, to become professionals at, at this moment in time. So I don't, we've kind of put it on the back burner to really take care of the people inside our full walls, four walls first. I know it yeah. seems like a wants to push out the marketing outside the four walls and get more people in but for us it's like if we get more people in and they walk in and it looks like crap like that's not good so let's just you know let's make the people inside the four walls happy first let's get our processes in place and everything and then when we're mm -hmm. ready and we're happy with what the business is and like as far as quality service and all that stuff then we can worry about our marketing plan because that's when we want to start attracting people in. we don't want people to right. come in and see all the dirty laundry yeah, yeah all the dirty laundry you know what i mean because we're, we're still we're still cleaning things up right yeah yeah absolutely but that completely makes I, sense i know you say that you kind of did it yourself and kind of grew the business to a hundred thousand dollars a month that's insane um yeah <laughs> for most crossfit gyms is 10 to twelve thousand. right um we're sitting mm -hmm. at um uh, 15 to seventeen thousand. um mm -hmm. without really pushing the marketing so i definitely think it has potential to reach 20 um, maybe 20 plus if, if done right. Um, mm -hmm. uh, do, you, do you use a business to get your marketing out there or do you have a company that does that or, or did you start your own LLC for marketing? <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like you so, Yes, I used, I was going to ask you guys if you're familiar with Gym Launch. 
I don't think so. I don't, I had never, no, no. I had never heard of it before no. seeing it okay. like tagged on, on y'all stuff. Yes. So I used gym launch in my facility. Um, and that's what got me to a hundred K. Um, so then it made sense for me to like, so we're associated with gym launch. We're actually the nonprofit side of gym launch. So it's like, anytime that I talk to somebody that has like, you know, a situation where they could use some type of help, I'd like to make a connection actually. Um, so I, yes, I use gym launch, but gym launch is not a marketing agency. It's not just marketing, you know, it's coaching, it's consulting. Uh, it's an 18 week program, but it, it teaches you everything. Um, as far as like getting the right systems in place for the business itself, making sure that the model is set up in a way that it's guaranteed to be profitable. Um, but then they also teach you how to run the ads and how to set everything up and make sure that they're converting properly and make, make sure that you're getting three to one returns on your ad spend. So you're not just throwing money out there and just hoping right. for the best. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was game changer for me. Um, mm. Huge, huge difference just as far as getting people in the door, but then also getting them committed to the facility, you know, and, mm -hmm. and committing upfront monetarily as well, you know, and right. not just, um, not just getting like, I call them like the tire kickers, you know, the people that just come in, they like check it out for a little bit and then they're like, eh, I'm good. Right. You know, it was the yeah. people that were committed that wanted results that were driven. Um, so they were sticking around. So it was like a, being able to acquire money on the front end from people committing right away. And then also rolling into memberships on the back end. So building, you know, front end cash and then the reoccurring memberships as well. Um, so that's kind of what it did overall, but well, cool. Yeah, we'll definitely check it out. I mean, we're in the, this is something that I plan on using to exit the military or when I get out, right? Like, I want to be a part right. of this. Mm -hmm. We got a taste of it in Texas. Um, we were in a partnership in Texas. So, that, you know, how it's a little different. There, there's some yeah. complex, there's okay. some things you have to kind of get used to with partnerships, right? Um, and now this is like ours outright. So we're kind of doing things exactly how we want to do it. We're going to make mistakes. <laughs> we understand that. But we're also still students of owning a business. So something like mm -hmm. that sounds interesting where it's an 18 week process where we can like basically invest in ourselves and invest in our business exactly. um, mm -hmm. outside of members knowing that we're investing. Like, you know what I mean? Like most things, most things right. people do is like, well, I'm there all the time. I clean the floor to do that. It's like, yeah, but like, I'm trying to see this thing through to where, I mean, hundred K would be insane, but I don't know. There's yeah. not many across the country doing that, <laughs> yeah. but um. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, anywhere between 20 and 30,000, I think, uh, is sustainable if mm -hmm. we do it right, you know, and I, I think that yes. uh, it sounds like a really good thing. Yeah, I mean, if it works for other people out. and yeah, we'll definitely check it out. Cause, uh, I'm, like I said, I'm a student and I love to learn. So 18 weeks is yeah. nothing to me. I've been in the military forever. Right. So one of those training yeah. programs are really long, so I'm good with it. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let me, um, if you guys aren't opposed to it, I will set you up with somebody who's on that side of things um, yeah. to just have a conversation. And then you can just Absolutely. ask whatever questions that you have and it's no strings attached. 
obviously. I mean, he's there to help you out. Um, person I'm referring to, his name's Jacob Hopkins. I work very closely with him. He's a great guy, super helpful, super knowledgeable. So any questions that you have about any of the stuff that we talked about, definitely bring those and, and ask him. Um, awesome. So yeah, sure. when would, what, so you guys are, uh, are you in, you're in Eastern time, correct? Uh, central. central. So it's uh, 10.51. Oh, okay. mm -hmm. yeah. Got it. So is the 10 o'clock hour normally good for you guys? Yeah, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's pretty good. yeah. Okay. So Kim, Kim will be here after next week I'm gone. Yeah, he I'll, leaves Tuesday. Yeah, I'll be deployed. So um, I probably won't be able to. I don't know exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, so she'll probably, like I said, she's the owner and the manager, affiliate owner, all that good stuff. So she runs it. I'm okay. just here to help when I can. Um, so all her right. schedule is really the one that you would have to ma match up to. If I'm if I'm available, I would love to dial in. But if, if I'm not available, then there should. Yeah, I would like to have you on that call as well, just so that, you know, you can both get an idea of what that looks like before before you leave um yeah. yeah so let me see he's got some availability tomorrow and saturday i don't know if either of those might work for you guys tomorrow works saturday does not yeah. tomorrow saturday we're ha we're hosting a running clinic at our gym a free running oh, clinic okay. for our and stuff and then we're gonna have like a so, community yeah cookout friday. and all that stuff so friday oh, tomorrow cool. works best uh or monday yeah uh, those two days are the only right. days that would probably work before I leave. All righty. Um, tomorrow. Oh, let me see. I'm on Eastern time. Let me switch that. Cool. Uh, 10 a.m. is available tomorrow if that works for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Can do that. Yeah. Can do that. I'm not coaching. Okay. All right, so what I'll do is send you over an email confirmation with a link to Zoom so that you can have a face-to-face -face conversation. Um, so let me make sure I've got the correct email for you. Let's see. Info at CrossFitSolified.com? Yes. Good, okay. All right, so I will send that over momentarily. And again, any any questions that come up um, that are top of mind for you guys, just like write them down, bring them along with you and just feel free to ask whatever questions that you have. I want him to be able to provide you with as much value as possible within that 30 minutes. Hey, perfect. So, okay. no, we appreciate it. Um, Absolutely. We can use the help. So. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Uh, set yourselves up for a good uh, retirement plan there. Yeah, <laughs> right, for that's sure. the goal. Right, yeah, trying to get out of this military <laughs> stuff. <laughs> All right, uh, cool. awesome. Thanks well, it's very time. nice to meet you both. Uh, thank you again for taking the time. You're all set yeah. for tomorrow. I'll send that email over and then just keep your eye out for the email coming through once the podcast is good to go. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great remainder of your week, a great weekend, and I'll catch you later. Right, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, 
Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Teddy Rano of 10th Street Boxing, coming to you from Calgary up in Canada. Teddy, what's going on, man? How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to pick your brain. Teddy and I got the chance to, to chop it up a little bit before we got on the interview, and it sounds like you've made a couple of different stops throughout the fitness industry, and so I'm sure that you've picked up things that you liked here and there and dropped some things that you didn't like when it comes to forming your own business. And obviously 10th street boxing is, is the reason that we're here today, but before we talk shop and, and operations and everything that you do strategy and tactics to run the business and grow the business, I want to hear a little bit about how we got here in the first place. And so Talk to us about the time when the thought sparked in your mind, hey, I can do this on my own. I'm going to open up my own gym. When was that? And, and talk to us about what was going on for you. It would have been probably well, six years ago. I was working at a, a chain gym up here. Uh, and it was, am I allowed to say the name? Please, go ahead. UFC gym. And okay. uh, I've worked at uh, big box gyms before that and I've always had since 2007 I've always attempted to have a boxing class at whatever facility I was at and it could be okay go for it there's two heavy bags to facilitate you know 10 people or whatever you could get and I would always do this and grow and grow and grow and then when I got to UFC gym where it's made for that and there's 30 bags and all the gloves you need and all the equipment my class uh, pretty quickly was the, the most populated, most popular class. Right. Um, but the, the people, the fellas who owned it were not really, they were more, they weren't fight people, but they weren't really business guys. <laughs> they were rich kids with their dad's money. Uh, and they didn't, I'd, I didn't get along. And so my wife, this was probably like the third or fourth job I had when I was with her, my wife said she's got a business degree and she's a very industrious woman. She's like, open your own gym. And I was like, I can't do that. And she's like, yeah, we can. Uh, so I wouldn't have done it without her. And that uh, kind of fast followed the popularity of like the Rumble gyms opened a year before that. Uh, another gym here, same type of thing, like I want to call it box aerobics, but it's not a boxing gym, but exercise. Yeah. 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 So it was a year since they were open. So I fast followed that. So I would have, you know, people come to the gym expecting that. And I'm in a basement. And I, my first question is, have you boxed before? And people are like, oh, yeah. And I see the wraps from these other gyms. And I'm like, it's not like that. <laughs> so uh that was it like my wife was the one who really put it in my head that I could do it yeah shout out to all the supporting partners out there get a wife with a business degree 
Yeah, thankful for them first and foremost. And so here you are, right? We've been a business owner for a handful of years now, approaching five years. How has that time been for you? What's your experience been in the gym ownership seat? It's been, I mean, it's, it's full on. And it's weird because I've had children since then. And this has been, I have to say, one of the happiest, probably the happiest era of my life. Uh, because I was able to continue boxing. I'm going to be 44 on Monday or 45 on Monday, but I fought into my 40s. I put it together two wins after a losing streak. So for as long as I can remember, I have two children. Back it up. I have two children and then the gym. So all this time, like we try to get away from responsibility, it actually brings me happiness to be responsible for a business and for my kids and, and everything else. So I'm, I'm super grateful yeah and and the best part of owning a business is that you get to make your own rules right suddenly we're not tied to the way that other people operate and one of my mentors in the industry always says that all it takes to start a business is a chip on your shoulder and a coffee pot it's i can do this a little bit better and (laughs) let's make this happen and and so it's been a couple of years now. Talk to us a little bit about the the service. When you describe what 10th Street Boxing provides, what is that? Uh, authenticity, I think. Like I've, I'm not Floyd Mayweather by any chance, but I have, uh, or by any means, but I have um, 17 pro fights. So I have actual boxing experience, which counts. Um, and then I also have, like we talked about earlier, personal training experience. So more modern methods to train um, so we can go that way with it too. And my biggest thing is like, it's not work. They always say, if you were rich, what would you do? You should do that for your job. It's your passion. And I've been involved in working out since I was in grade five. I've always liked it. Um, and then to, yeah. Hey Mac, say hi. To, to be able to, uh, bring in your income by you know hanging out with people and working out and listening to rap that's the way i look at it i'm, I'm so yeah it's, it's I not like such people. a bad life right not at all not at all so yeah um yeah i give people i think that's one of the 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 benefits or the perks of my gym is like i know everyone's name it's not i'm not doing i'm doing it for the money but i'm not doing it for the money it's not a just a business thing like other big box gyms some of their methods i'm like you guys don't you guys don't care at all like but i'm hanging out with yeah i think it's interesting in the, the fitness industry because a lot of the time we decisively make that call either we're passion focused or profit focused but typically the best businesses and the ones that do the best are pretty much right in the middle, right? We have that passion, we care about our people, but understand that it's still a business and there is money to be made, right? There, it's, there's any number of ways to make money in the fitness industry. And so with you guys, that comes in the form for the most part in, in group classes, is that correct? Yeah. Okay, tell us a little bit about, yeah, tell us about it. Yeah, uh, it's 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 group, but it's small group. Like I've worked in at, at UFC gym, it was thirty bags, and a lot of those other gyms, we kind of stole the idea from you guys. So New York City, you have to you have ten million people, you have to have a class that size, 
So right. we just take everything you guys do in Canada. Oh, we need 30 bags. We have a tenth of your population. So I, I don't have the room anyway, but 12, you still get that group kind of atmosphere that's motivational and you're meeting people, but then you're getting more one-on-one. -on -one. So to me, it's just, it's way better. Smaller yeah. group. And so we're able to individually serve people a little bit better. Yes, there's a group aspect to it. Yes, there's competition and camaraderie and the, the support of being shoulder to shoulder with somebody else. You find that best in smaller groups, which is totally fine. Talk to us a little bit about what that looks like in terms of how do we get people? How do we generate interest? What's the the quote unquote marketing that goes into getting people in the doors for that type of service in the first place? Uh, that's a good question. I think the boxing, like I said before, the boxing became popular a little more mainstream in the last five years, we'll say six years. Um, I, I'm on Instagram showing that not just the workouts, but the culture of the gym. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, there's the uh, gym in uh, Brooklyn. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name of it. Uh, CKO? No, uh, I can't believe I forget the name of it. Uh, anyway, you can really see the culture of the gym, the people hanging out doing other things too. Um, and the gym is like, look, it's like mine. It's 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 on the main level, but it's packed it's nothing fancy but the people love it there i can't believe i forget the name of it I follow them on instagram <laughs> and that's okay we can we can circle back to it but instagram and, and social media in general has been a tremendous avenue for the fitness industry obviously it allows you to give people a, a taste we're at a sneak peek of, of what you're about they can get a glimpse into the community and the culture and, and the service actually provided for you guys, is that done organically? We're posting pictures, videos, content. Have we ventured into the paid advertising side of Instagram at all? I had um, professionals working on it at first. I had uh, my friend doing it for a bit, and then I changed to somebody else uh, who had some good ideas. And, and then after a while, I was like, I'm just going to do it myself. No, Who knows better than me? what happens in my gym, how I want to represent my gym. And it's, it's been good. Nah, chill out. Um, so that's what I've been doing. My wife thinks I'm doing a great job. I think I'm doing an okay job and it's something I can improve on. I, I do have a friend who works out in the gym and that's what he specializes in. So uh, marketing to your, tar your target audiences and your age demographics, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm a work in progress, but yeah and typically it. that's sort of a trial and error kind of thing like i mean like anything it's a it's a skill the more you do it the better you'll get at it and if we never try it we're never going to get any better at it so for you you found some success there um and and so obviously the goal of doing any kind of marketing is to get people in to to sign up as paying members where do you guys currently sit as far as a membership and where could you ultimately get? What's the cap, if you will? Uh, my cap would be like if I do four classes of, of 12 a day, 
you know, and every class was full, which we're getting there, but we're not there. I could add another class and that would facilitate, you know, I have 150 members now. If, if people come on average three times a week, you can do the math. So I haven't really outgrown my space, but the way uh, the pandemic, Calgary wasn't doing great before the pandemic, our economy wasn't great. So there's a lot of vacant spaces out here. And the building I'm in, like I said, I'm in the basement. It's nothing fancy. It could only be a boxing gym, really. Uh, yeah. The building was sold. And the first interaction I had with my landlord was, we're raising your rent. And I was like, have you read the newspaper in the last two years? Like, what are you talking about? And he's like, sorry, it's the way it is. So that gave that little hiccup gave me a chance to look around. And I'm, I'm looking at a couple other spots, more high profile, because I think it's kind of like Fight Club. People... I'm in a busy neighborhood, but people can't see it because it's in the basement and they probably think it's Rocky three when it's like, <laughs> it's normal people. It's normal people boxing. No one competes except for me. Everyone else is just normal, nice. So if I could be on the main level or somewhere where we could see, I think it would, that would be all the advertisement I need. And so that's what yeah. I'm looking into now is a nicer, newer, high profile area. That's a little bit. Yeah, I think that's important to remember is like, no matter what space we're in, it's not ultimately as scalable as we can't take it as far as we want, right? We're always going to be capped in some way, capacity wise. Um, and so, do we have room to grow in the current facility? Yes, we could push it a little bit further. Is that better held in a different or newer or bigger location? Probably for you. And so that's sort of at least what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, a lot of people so, I find, sorry to interrupt a joke, um, they buy the gym that they want to have, not the one that they do have. Um, and they never grow into it. And then they got a big overhead, which my low overhead was probably the only thing that kept me going alive during pandemic because a lot of people's gyms are closed now a lot of fancy yeah. ass gyms aren't open yeah. anymore that's a good point people. and at the end of the day money in versus money out is the ultimate scoreboard and if we are sending a lot more money out than we need to be it makes it really hard to to operate and we're a little bit more handcuffed and so you've been able to to navigate these unforeseen circumstances the last 24 months or so uh, with a low, little bit lower rent. Um, and so, I mean, Teddy, talk to us about the big picture here. You mentioned potentially a newer location coming down the pipeline, but what's the big picture for you? What's, what's the direction that we're trending with this business? Uh, grow to teach people boxing i think boxing i don't it's been dying for a hundred years uh, mma is probably more popular in the mainstream but then you have like the big mega fights and the best boxer in the world makes is the highest paid athlete yep. it's still the king of sports and and you'll see at the big fight like maybe a hockey player doesn't watch football or a football player doesn't watch basketball every athlete likes boxing it seems to me yeah and it's fringe but it's not it's 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 a weird sport so if i could uh introduce more people in doing it um for their health because look at how unhealthy people are in our culture and i think cardiovascular health is a big thing self-defense 
if I could introduce more people to that, um, and then maybe, I don't want to franchise it, because like my experience with franchises, it seems like it's pouring yourself out a bit. Um, maybe it dilutes slow down. It. Like usually, I'm, I'm barely... usually it loses the, the luster that it once had. But if I could have a gym in my hometown of Halifax on the East Coast, or in Vancouver and slowly, and then I could have uh, former fighters who usually, you know, for every one former fighter that's doing great, Donnie Lalonde, Willie DeWitt, that moved on, went to school, whatever, there's 20 that are broke, drug addicts, whatever. So if I could have former fighters teaching at my gyms and getting introducing people to the sport and kind of giving back that way, and uh, I'm down in Daytona, Florida with my brother for the winners, that would be nice. Life's not so bad at that point, right? It's not so bad right now, but it could get Yeah, and, and that's, that's important to remember too, right? Enjoy the moment that we're in while still keeping one eye turned towards the future. Teddy, that's probably a really, really good place for us to start to wrap this whole thing up. I think there are all kinds of gym owners out there that think along the same lines as you. Do I want to grow? Yes. What does that look like? Could be any number of things, but still in it to, to help people at the heart of it and to teach them how to be a little bit healthier and, and a little bit better in their own life. So, man, this has been awesome. Uh, before we sign out of here completely, I want to give you the chance to shout out where people can learn a little bit more about 10th Street. Is there a website or is there, what's the Instagram handle? Where can people find out more? Uh, there is a website. My, my wife put together on Wix. God bless her. She's not a website designer, but she did it pretty well. Um, but follow me on Instagram, 10th Street Boxing. Uh, we're the one in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, not Dallas, Texas. Um, yeah, follow us. And that kind of gives you a taste of what we're doing there. That's perfect. Hey, I really, really appreciate your time and, and your contribution here to helping some other gym owners hear about what you're thinking about when it comes to growing a business like this. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. And, and I wish you nothing but the best, sir. Thank you very much, Joe. It was my pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Infinite Fitness in Bristol, Connecticut, Pat Dunford. How are you doing today? Good, man. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Excited to dig in here. Got some some cool, unique stuff going in there. So give me the give me the scoop. What are you all about there, Infinite Fitness? Um, so the approach that I take to training is kind of like a like a lifestyle model. So as much as I love what I do and as much as I love coaching people, I don't want my clients to be dependent on me forever. So I mean, any fitness professional knows that most fitness professionals are fighting an uphill battle. You know, I mean, 20% of the American population exercises regularly. So realistically, what I see as my duty, if you will, as a coach is to get people to internalize that process so that after my time is done with someone, whether it be from them moving or whether it be from them not being able to afford coaching or, you know, whatever the reason may be, that they're ready to kind of jump into exercising, setting goals, and making this a lifestyle forever. Awesome, man. And we're going to dig into some of the ways that you execute that. But before we do, give us a little bit of background. What's your your industry history? How did you get into this? How did you decide you're going to go into business for yourself doing what you do? So um, I got into fitness super young. Um, I started training at like age 14 I grew up as a chunky kid and um I just wanted to you know change my self-image because I had a bad one and I fell in love with training because it allowed me to almost like reinvent myself especially around that age where like things are tough um I actually dreamed of owning a gym when I was in high school and as I grew up a lot of people told me like oh you can't make money as a personal trainer so I ended up going to school for something else. And then after I graduated college, I had a little bit of like uh, time between jobs and I ended up getting into the service industry. And when I got into the service industry of like bartending, serving, I got certified as a personal trainer. I worked for a small private gym for like three years. I worked for a corporate gym for two years uh, at the same time. And then after that first three years of being a coach, I decided to go out on my own. Um, and kind of just like fulfill that dream of owning a gym. Awesome. So that's about four years ago when you started up. Yeah. Four years. Okay. And you, um, the space that you're in now, you got about 1500 square feet of training space. Is that the original space where you opened four years ago? No. Um, I actually opened up in like a 700 square foot space and that was, um, I really liked the space that I started in, but there was like this weird situation with my landlord was subletting the building from another person and they got into like this huge fight and he got kicked out. And then I basically got caught in the middle of it. I got locked out of the building a bunch of times. So I had to find a space like, you know, yesterday. So I was in a huge bind and I ended up getting really lucky and finding the space I'm in now. And it it ended up working out really good. So. Got it. Got it. Okay. So Let's talk a little bit about your model and the different services that you offer, because you are doing, 
you're doing some things that people are familiar with probably, and then a couple of unique things. So kind of give me the layout of the different services that you're offering currently. So um, because I was a one-on-one -on -one coach for a long time, um, I do still have some one-on-one -on -one clients that I train. Um, but the main model that I run now is a hybrid model. So all of like my nutrition coaching, all of my programming is delivered virtually. And then I have coaching hours where I'm here and people come in and do their workouts. So it's a group model, but it's not a group fitness model where people are coming in doing the same workouts. Everybody has their own workout that they're doing. And I'm there to give them advice, um, kind of see how their movements look, and then adjust their program accordingly based on how they adapt and respond to it. Okay, so a couple of things with that. One, uh, we love to talk about leveraging technology here. Are you using a custom platform, an app? Are you using Google Suite? How are you delivering the workouts? So all my workouts get delivered through Trainerize. Um, I think I'm pretty sure that that's like one of the most popular platforms for virtual coaching. So yeah, yeah. Trainerize is, is very, very powerful. I'm pretty sure they just got acquired recently by ABC Financial. So that put a, a bunch more money into what they can do. It's growing and expanding. So you have the ability to use their movement library, custom movement library, um, link up, deliver your nutrition products. Um, and, and there are, there are a myriad of add-ons that you can use through Trainerize too, correct? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Did you, did you ever, um, compare it? Have you used any of the other software platforms that are out there? Like, you know, true, true coach or, um, uh, anything like that, or have you been Trainerized since you started doing it? Uh, nope. So I've been Trainerized for the past four years. Um, the small gym that I started at when I first started coaching used Trainerize as mm -hmm. their software, they started to use it like at the tail end of my time there. And so I kind of just already knew the software. And so I just jumped into it. And by the time my business got running, um, taking the time to onboard all clients into a new software just wasn't worth it. Yeah. And, and I may be a little bit biased there too, but I'm a fan of Trainerize have used it. I recommend it to a lot of people. So uh, so basically you have, your model is um, people do some type of consultation onboarding with you. Can they do that either virtually or in person, or does it have to be done one way or the other? No. So I do both. So um, my online program really started um, when the pandemic hit. <laughs> so I feel like that's when a lot of coaches started. Um, at that point, I had had my business for about two years. Um, and it was definitely very, it was very challenging, um, when the pandemic hit, cause I was actually doing really good in the model I was running. Um, and then I had to shut down. I basically lost, you know, most of my revenue. And so if I didn't adapt, my business was obviously not going to exist. So. Yeah. And one of the things we talked about a little bit, um, previously was, at one point you were doing strictly in-person one-on-one sessions and you had a, a pretty big book of business. I mean, it sounds like you could have easily, you know, been working about 10,000 hours a week um, or at least might've felt like that. And then, you know, that's a common, you know, trainer opens up, goes into a business, does personal training sessions. 
And then at a certain point, you're trading hours for time. You're, you're out of hours, you're out of energy. And then that path can go a lot of different ways, either bringing on other trainers, trying to have them share some of the load, doing semi-private, small group, group. There's a lot of different ways, you know, that people go with that. Have you ever considered, or do you think that besides doing your, your virtual and your hybrid method, are those other things as you grow that, that you may do? Would you work with other trainers? Um, would you do, you know, the, the small group or the semi-private training, or are you, um, are you fully ensconced in this method that you have right now? So I will definitely hire probably other, I, I will definitely hire other coaches in the future. I've, I've hired people in the past. Um, but I will say that I didn't set them up for success. So that was my own fault that things didn't work out because again, the model that I was running at the time, because I was so busy, I didn't have time to train them. I didn't have time to, you know, fully teach them how to market themselves because when you're working for a non-corporate establishment, um, if you don't market yourself as a coach, you're not going to get clients. So, um, I definitely like didn't have a good model to set those people up for success. And so when I do it again in the future, um, I have a completely different model that I'm going to run with that will set them up for success and just have them have a better experience working for me. Man, what a, uh, what a humbling realization to have, I'm sure. But it's, if you didn't have it, then what do you do? You just keep repeating the same mistake. So I think that's, huge that you can recognize it, admit it and move on from it rather than just trying to beat your head against the wall and try to fit a square peg into a round hole. So um, one of those things, you know, doing tons of these interviews, talking to lots of different trainers and owners um, for most trainers, right? That skill set of fulfillment is very different from acquisition and, you know, acquisition being marketing and sales and even those two. So, you know, there are a lot of people that are good at one or not the other, and generally speaking, if a trainer is good at acquisition, they become a gym owner or, you know, they open their own studio and become self-employed and they're not necessarily the people who make, you know, you, you hire a trainer and then, like you say, they don't have their acquisition system. So either we see, you know, trainers become business owners and then they're, they're doing all the marketing and sales and then handing it off to trainers who can only train or doing what it sounds like what you're going to do, bringing people on who are good culture fit, who seem like they're going to be someone you want to be teamed up with, and then helping them learn the, the marketing and sales aspect of it. Is that how you're going to go about it? Yeah. Um, I think my philosophy with hiring employees is, is very similar to my philosophy with coaching um, clients. So when I was new in the industry, the small training studio that I worked for, um, for three years, same thing. I don't think that they, I don't think that they did a lot to set me up for success. You know, they didn't really teach me a lot of marketing. Um, and when I ended up quitting that job, um, you know, the owner of the place basically kind of just like stabbed me in the back and like, was like, you know, like, you know, it was, it was just not a good experience. And so my philosophy with hiring employees is, you know, I want to help my employees grow the same way that I help my clients grow and, you know, teach them the skills that they need to be successful in the industry. Um, Cause those are things that I wish that I would have known earlier in my career and it would have made my life a lot easier. Got it. Got it. Okay. So as you grow and expand, you know, more things, you know, sometimes it's 
let's do more things. Sometimes it's like, let's niche and narrow down. For you, you've spent a few years in the industry. Um, you're expanding your virtual and in-person offerings in a couple of different ways. One of them is you've kind of honed in on, on two key demographics um, that you see, you know, being able to serve the best as you go forward for what you do. Um, being, you know, you're, you're busy, already active moms and some power lifters. So give me a little bit of background on those, um, why you feel like they're, they're going to be fulfilling for you as far as um, using your expertise, your time and energy and how they work in for, you know, your revenue goals and just general business goals. So I think the, I think the kicker to niching down is if you're going to exist in the online community of trainers, you almost like you have to niche down. Um, and the reason why I say that is if you like, obviously my brick and mortar establishment, the front door of my business is, Hey, this is a gym. There's a, there's good reviews on Google. Like I've heard my friend has had a good experience. I'm going to come in. So, you know, I get a lot of gen pop people that just walk through the door and say, Hey, I need a coach. When you're online, you're cultivating a following. So for the longest time, when I first got into online, I thought it was so cheesy when people had in their bios, like I train moms, age, whatever to whatever to do this and do that. And um, it held me back for a long time because I was like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, restrict myself to one demographic of people. But I think what I would what I would have done earlier and, and the mindset that I would have taken is there's a lot of opportunity out there. And even if you niche into a small community, that's still millions of people, if not more, because when you're online, you're not, you're not um, restricted to a location. You can train anywhere in the world. So the way that it was taught to me was if you have in your bio exactly who you serve, if you're going out and cultivating a community, and that person clicks on your profile and they see your bio and they fit that demographic, the odds of them following you and consuming your content are higher. And then once they're in your ecosystem, if you're putting out content that speaks directly to that person, they're more likely to reach out with you, reach out to you and want to book a sales call. And I think for me, that was the hardest transition going from in-person to online because in-person it's obviously like you cast a wide net you just want clients like when you first start out i need to fill my schedule i need to do this but as you get bigger in the industry and you get into an online platform you have to narrow your sights to really pick up people okay so you have you have the niches of you know, your, your busy moms, but then also the powerlifting community. So that for you is part of, that's a personal passion that you've also developed your, your, um, your skill set as a trainer and some, another subset that, um, that you can relate more directly with. Obviously, um, people aren't going to correlate you directly as a busy mom. Um, but you know, being able to, speak to your skill set and your results there. But then in the powerlifting side, you do it, right? You're an avid powerlifting enthusiast. Do you compete also? Yeah, I do. So that's something where it's, do you feel like it brings you additional credibility, penetration into the community? How do you feel like, you know, you affect that market or, or touch that market differently? 
So I think the way that I'm able to touch both of those markets is 90% of my experience in the industry is working with women. Um, and, you know, just over the years that I've coached, most of the clients that have gravitated toward me have been moms or have been busy moms. Um, again, going back to the front end of my business, you know, a lot of busy moms are looking to get like their pre-baby bodies back, so on and so forth. So the content that I put out for, you know, moms like that comes from my experience of working with so, you know, hundreds, if not more of them over my time in the industry. Um, and the content that I put out that's related to powerlifting is a combination of the athletes that I work with, plus, um, you know, just my own personal passions and experiences. Um, and I think the one, the one thing that I post often that I think hits with both of those communities is feeling stuck because when you are an athlete or you're a mom, there is a lot of misinformation that exists in the fitness industry about what you need to do or what kinds of things work and what kinds of things don't. And you're bombarded with millions of messages, you know, uh, in within a year. So, you know, who, how do you know who to listen to? Um, and I think my life really changed and my athletic career really changed when I hired a coach and just had a singular voice to listen to. And it really streamlined my progress. So the one thing that I put out all the time is that like, hey, do you want to waste years of your time not making progress? Or do you want to, instead of wasting hundreds of dollars on the newest supplement line or this like 45 day program, why don't you just spend the same amount of money, maybe even less money on hiring a coach that's going to grow you to the next level so that you know how to do this for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. And I want to get into the coaching side of what you're doing with your business. But the one other thing, aside from your personal, you know, the, the coaching that you're doing, working with the busy moms, working powerlifters, um, one of the other avenues or the other avenues that, that are eventually going to come down the line for you in the business are going to be expanding out into a larger service, having, having more offerings, having, you know, maybe a 24 seven access. So, Where's is the drive for that just to be able to serve more people to impact more of the community? Where does the where does the uh, inspiration for expanding that part of the business come from? So I think there's two places that it comes from. Um, number one, I've always wanted to have a gym. Like ever since I started working out, I said, you know, I want to own a gym and owning a personal training studio is, is great and wonderful. Um, and obviously, like I do own a gym to a degree, but I've always wanted to have a membership gym. And I think there's two reasons. Um, obviously the one being that it's a passion of mine. And then the second thing is no matter how virtual our world goes, gyms are always going to be a necessity because not everyone is going to have the money or budget to build out their own home gym. So gyms are always going to be, in my opinion, a necessary part of this industry. So if I can set myself up in the online platform, um, that makes me much more accessible. And then if I can set myself up in the brick and mortar platform of owning a gym, that also just brings down more barriers. And it's, it's another stream of revenue that I can make. And I think the one, I think the one thing that's very different from a coaching business to a physical gym location 
is if I ever decide that I want to retire, it would be close to impossible for me to sell my coaching business because those people are used to working with me. But if I build a physical location that is, you know, doing hundreds of thousands of dollars or maybe even millions of dollars in revenue, that is something I could sell and retire on when I'm ready to do that. So it's, I think that's partially, you know, an investment in my future, but as well as also being able to serve more people at the same time. I love that. So you, here you stand now, you've, you've done pretty well on your own. If I can say so, you're making, you've made progress. You have these niches that you serve as far as your training, you have goals to continue to grow and expand. And you've kind of run into a little bit of coaching inception. You have um, a coach for your own training, which has led you into seeking out and, and beginning to take advantage of coaching for your business. So how did that conversation get started? And I, I know you're early on into the process. How do you feel like it's benefited your business um, and your personal well-being so far as to having this direction, having somebody to, to coach you on your business as well as on your training? So I think um, where it all started was my coach. So I'm coached by Paul Resilient. Well, his name's Paul Milano, but he owns Resilient Training Lab, which is also here in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. um, and he runs a course called the Bridge the Gap Mentorship. And I ended up taking that course probably three months into working with him as my coach. And what they teach in that course is basically like the fundamentals of just being good at programming and dealing with injury and dealing with pain and working with clients. Um, and after I took that certification, I really understood the concept of just being a good coach. Like even despite the fact that I've been doing this for a long time, there was a lot of times, you know, even I myself, like fitness coaches tend to fall victim to misinformation because they're always seeking more information. So I think the one cool thing about that course that I really liked was they give you a system on how to weed through bullshit and how to, you know, just vet new information on whether it's worth using or not. And when I sat down with my coach I asked him, I said, Hey, have you ever worked with a business coach? And he said, yeah, you know, you should reach out to the honey badger project. So the honey badger project may, mainly works with cash-based PTs, uh, physical therapists, but they also work with personal trainers. Uh, they have brick and mortars. And I mean, I got the referral from my coach. So I think that bridged the gap, you know, so to speak for me, because I was like, all right, well, my coach says he's good. And my coach has a successful business, so I can probably learn something. And I think the one thing that I'm very thankful for from the Honey Badger Project is they run their course very similar to the way that my coach runs his course. And it teaches you the fundamentals and con the, the, the fundamentals and the concepts to be good at being a business owner, because I can only speak from personal experience, but I got into this business because I love fitness and I love helping people, but I was a terrible business owner off the bat. And I think that had my business not been so low risk when I started, I would have very well probably failed and been very frustrated by the whole process of becoming a business owner. Yeah, there is, um, you know, one of the reasons why we started the pot, actually, let me back up. Shout out to Paul Milano. He's been on, he was a guest on the show and 
has a, an incredible business that he's he's running there. Um, definitely a gym for anybody in Connecticut to go go check out there. Um, but you know, one of the reasons we started the podcast is exactly that: is we have tons of people with an amazing amount of fitness and training knowledge and passion for helping people. And in the in the micro gym space specifically, people are coming into it that you know maybe didn't take any business courses in college or you know, maybe, you know, they did, but it wasn't very fitness specific. And, and it tends to be a, a really, you know, niche transaction. It's, there's a lot more emotion that goes into it. There's a lot that goes into it. So yeah, you're right that, you know, um, that's something that's pervasive in our industry is not having, you know, systems, not having these concepts down of finding your core audience. How do you market to them? You know, a lot of, trainers don't don't like to be salespeople because they think it's sleazy or dirty and it's like well you can't help somebody unless you're you know unless you're a charitable organization or something like if you have a business and you want to help somebody like a transaction has to take place so finding the ways to make that feel good and understanding um, all those things definitely to steal the phrase bridge the gap i think for people who are passionate trainers and want to be better as business people and um you know, somebody was on the other day and he said the biggest, the biggest kind of inflection point in his business was once he realized that he didn't need to be better at coaching the, be the bench press, he needed to be a better business owner in order to stay in business and help more people. And then that would feed him the money and time that he wanted to get all the certifications in the world. But as trainers first, we can get wrapped up in that. And I think it's great that, you know, you had this realization that, okay, let me layer some systems. Let me layer some good business fundamentals on top of a solid training program. And here I am poised to grow this into wherever I want to take it. So I, kudos to you for, for being humble enough again to say, hey, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. I could be doing better. How could I do better? Let me talk to somebody I trust. Let me take their advice. Let me try it on for size, see how I like it. And sounds like so far so good. Yeah, for sure. So as you go ahead, as you progress, there are, you know, you, you've got these business goals. There's things that you're learning, expanding for the, the you know, it tends to be in your position. Um, personal development and professional development do go hand in hand. Are there any major milestones, any, any things that you think that if I acquire this skill or if you know, if I, if I get to the next level on any particular part of your coaching, of your business ownership, do you think there is like, a, you know, any, any big thing where you can say like, Hey, once I mastery at this, I'm, I'm going to be at that next level as a business owner, as a coach. I think, I think the, I think one of the hardest parts about growth is just being able to level up your mindset. Um, and the reason why I say that is when I first got into the fitness industry, I was making $15 an hour to coach clients. So when I opened up my own studio and I was charging like $30 a session, I was like, man, this is a bump in pay. Like this is, this is great. Um, and then as I started to grow and make more money, you know, one of my original goals was, Hey, I want to build a six figure fitness, fitness business. And after I hit that initial milestone, it was almost like, it was almost like, 
okay, well, like, well, what's next? Like, I, I only had the mindset to, to see, you know, six figures as like my goal. Um, but I think like the more that I've learned from, you know, higher level coaches in the industry, um, if you just show up and do the same boring things every single day, just like training, you know, like if you show up and you eat right and you work out hard and you progressively overload your program and you recover from that, you're going to get better. If you show up and you post and you give people a good service, you learn from your mistakes, you're going to get better and your influence is going to grow through, a, you know, obviously several series of mistakes. But, you know, I think someday I would love to have a seven figure fitness business. I think that that's something that's very realistic. Um, but I think you have to get your mind to that place first, that that is something that can exist as a reality for you. Yeah. Yeah. Mindset. Um, it, it almost gets to be where it sounds like it's trite and cliched, but you know, that, that six figure mindset is not the same as the seven figure, you know, what gets you here isn't what gets you to the next level. And again, just realization of that, Hey, what do I need to do? What do I need to be open to? Who do I need to surround myself with? You know, where, you know, what, what people do I need in my circle? What things do I need to do? So again, you know, super, you know, um, self-awareness um, on your part to just get there and, you know, not, not being ashamed to say like, Hey, you do need to make a series of mistakes. There's trial and error, right? Sometimes it's more trial by fire than trial and error, but to keep saying like, all right, this is cool. I know I want to level up. I'm going to keep chipping away at it. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to ask people that have been there and done that wherever it may go, rather than just, you know, at any point, um, unfortunately, some people get closed off. All right. I, I know everything there is to know. I'm just going to keep doing this for the next 20 years. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if somebody is, I guess if somebody can be satisfied, satisfied with that, that's fine. It's the people who, you know, are closed minded, but then also complain that they want to grow that it's just this stagnation cycle that, you, you know, until you break that, you, you, you're not going to go anywhere. So again, just kudos to you for that realization and, and taking those steps. And sometimes those lessons are painful. Um, we, we always hope that we only have to have to get hit over the head with them once. But um, so you're going, we know that where you came from, we see the path that you're on um, for for the time that you've been in the industry as a trainer, as a business owner, um, you know, if we can get a little more philosophical, I guess, for a minute here, um, if you could go back, if there's anything, any inflection point, anything you could tell yourself, um, you know, something that you could know earlier along in the game, is there anything that, that you really wish you could just go back, tap yourself on the shoulder and, and hand yourself the knowledge? Um, I think I would tell myself two things. Um, I think the first thing that I would tell myself is hire a coach and a business coach earlier. Um, you know, it, I think when you get into something new and you're doing a ton of research on it, it's like the Dunning-Kruger effect at its finest. You think you're so good at everything. Um, and I will tell you that I've been a coach for seven years and I do not feel nearly as confident in my abilities now as I did when I first started. Um, because when you first start something, you think you're like so great and you think that you have 
maybe not everybody, but I think for me, you think that you like have it all figured out. And then as you do more and more research, you just start to see how many unanswered questions there are and how many layers to the process of behavior change and fitness and like growing a good business there really are. So I think just hiring a mentor earlier is the first thing. Um, and then I think the second thing would be that it's okay to make mistakes um, and to not let yourself get wrapped up in trying to get things perfect the first time around. Awesome, man. Uh, done a few hundred of these myself. If I think uh, if I, I were to add them up and uh, you're the first person to drop the Dunning-Kruger effect on the <laughs> podcast. So I love that. Um, if you're out there listening, you don't know what it is. You should definitely Google it right now because it will help you have a better understanding of a lot of people in general. And then a lot of people that you'll come across, you know, in, in the industry on both sides. So uh, super, super useful thing to know about, man, we are just about out of time before I let you go. Um, give us all the plugs, website, Facebook, Instagram, I don't know, TikTok, Twitter, wherever we can find you, man. Um, so Instagram is where I do most of my work. Uh, my personal Instagram is Pat underscore IF personal training. My business Instagram is IF personal training. Um, my website is infinitefitness.studio. And if you want to find me on Facebook, my name is Patriel Dunford. All right, man. Well, I greatly appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure having you here. I look forward to seeing where things go uh, for you and with you in the future. We'll definitely be checking in. I wish you continued success. Thanks for having me, man. Awesome, man. And to everybody out there listening, we appreciate you. We wouldn't be here without you. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.